Hello and welcome to Sit Down Startup Podcast. I'm Pedro. And I'm Tara. So you found our podcast. Thanks for being with us. The idea is that over the next few episodes, we'll bring you conversations from fantastic entrepreneurs who are solving real problems, disrupting traditional business, and who put customers at the center of their success. We will match those leaders with Zendesk executives for a very casual coffee shop conversation, because we all miss that. On this podcast, our interviews will dive into fascinating stories of innovation, adaptation, resiliency, how leaders are building business to serve a diverse customer base, and how that changes over time. We will bring you weekly episodes with our debut season. To get started, our first entrepreneur is James Gutierrez, founder and CEO at Ora. Ora is a fintech startup based in San Francisco that provides affordable and credit-building loans to working families in America. He truly embodies an entrepreneur's spirit of hustle and heart, putting his talent and time towards building companies that help underbanked and underrepresented communities. And he also helped pass legislation that promotes safe and affordable alternatives to payday loans. So in my opinion, he's truly an inspiration. To make the conversation more interesting, we invited Zendask CFO Elena Gomez, another inspirational person, to interview James. Elena has been with Zendask since 2016. She's also a board member at PagerDuty and Smartship. Sit down and enjoy it! What's your favorite coffee shop drink? Well, uh, in a long time ago when I drank coffee, it was uh, Cortado, uh, which is uh, like a mix between a macchiato, but more of a Spanish version. Um, but now I don't really drink coffee, so I'm more of a, of a end-of-day mezcal drinker. Uh, oh, I like that. I like that. Uh, is it, it's, it's five o'clock in, in Dublin, so that's, you know, <laughs> get away with that. Yeah. So Aura is helping people buy uh, their family home and pay debts and improve their daily life. And, and your mission is to use technology to make uh, more affordable loans and, and just more accessible to underserved uh, communities. Can you tell us more about, about Aura? And by the way, am I saying that right? Uh, and what led you to found it? Sure. Yeah, you're saying it right, Aura, and so many of our customers, uh, Aura. Aura, I figured, yeah, that might be, yeah. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, so the passion and founding out is really about just being frustrated that so many people are left behind in the world and in our country uh, that, you know, uh, a lot of mainstream institutions don't really work well for them. And, you know, they're just not given the same opportunity. And it's just sort of a feeling of uh, that that's unfair. And, and, you know, we need to solve that. Um, I grew up in a uh, Latin Latino community. My family's Mexican, uh, and I always felt a calling to giving back. And I know that there's a lot of hardworking people um, who don't always get a fair shot. And so, uh, founding Auto was really about uh, telling these um, families that you know we know you're working hard, we see your hard work, and we want to help you achieve your dreams. And so we we did some research and felt like, look, one of the hardest things to solve is that gets people on the right path is just building a basic credit score. If you can have basic credit, all of a sudden renting an apartment, applying for a job, getting lower rates on auto insurance, and then of course your long-term dream of buying a home one day, all of those things can come into play once you establish credit. 
And uh, the, the unfortunate fact is that there's so many people underbanked and unbanked in this country. And there's a lot of people who are, they call credit invisible. They just don't even have a credit score. And so without that, you're not even on the path to prosperity. And so I think Aura is about fairness and is about leading with our heart and compassion and, and, and bringing people into the system. And so that, that was kind of the big inspiration. And, and then where technology comes into play is that, and I think right now during this crisis, we're realizing that um, it's really hard to get capital out to communities who need it the most because a lot right. of them are underserved, right? And underbanked and, you know, have these big government programs now with hundreds of billions. And it's, we're realizing, well, you know, um, many times the people who have the best access are the ones who are first in line, but what about everybody else? Um, and, uh, and so I, I thought that, you know, it's, it's really expensive and costly to figure out how you can build um, that access into low-income communities, and, but that's exactly where technology comes in. And so we built a technology system that allows local businesses who have relationships with customers and are already set up in low-income communities that they can offer a credit application uh, directly into our system. And we don't have to actually have physical storefronts. We don't have to you know, build all that distribution. It already exists. Let's just link them all together. And that's where uh, technology has come into play for Auda in helping us solve this greater uh, challenge. That's impressive. I, I love both those topics, technology and just helping underserved communities. I totally uh, appreciate that. Uh, how many how many customers uh, are you guys serving? How many people's lives have you impacted uh, so far? Yeah, well, we've um, since we've started, we've we've made it just under about six hundred thousand uh, loans to folks. Um, Big uh, numbers. Oh, well, thanks. Um, we we want to get to millions, so we're we're just uh, touching the tip of the iceberg here. But um, um, you know, the need is that great. I think as we think about that, that's where technology comes into play as well because. You have to have a scalable system that can serve millions. Um, sure. You know, it's it's great, and we love you know the first ten customers. Of course, are you know the first twenty are the ones you remember in those stories. But you know, this problem is so big. We've got to build a system that can serve millions, and I think we want to start in the U.S. because that's the country we know best. That's where the the systems of not having a credit score. And the one end is very well developed for people who have uh, access, you know, and the system works right. well, but it works so well that it leaves out these pockets and these pockets are quite large. Um, and so that's, you know, where we want to start. But I do think, you know, one day I would love for Auda to be helping people globally. You know, you have uh, patterns of migration of people leaving Syria and going into Germany or, um, right, right. You know, and all of these people arrive very similar to how people arrive here and they have to set everything up from scratch. They don't fit the perfect mold of what's been set up in the past and they need that opportunity. So, um, so yeah, our, our vision right now is focusing on the U S there's millions of people to serve, but I would love one day for Auda to be global. Switching gears a little bit. Uh, obviously we're now in a, in a, uh, pandemic and, and our lives have been disrupted and, what we thought was normal may no longer be normal, et cetera. Um, but through that, how have you prioritized um, customer experience? Has that changed at all in this environment? How are you thinking about that even longer term? Customer experience is, is, um, is, is top of mind for us. It's the most important thing we're thinking about. Um, number one, we think this is a big opportunity to make a step function change 
for our customers into more of a digital relationship with us. Um, a lot of customers I mentioned, we're connecting the dots on all of these existing distribution systems. So these local businesses that have storefronts, they could be a supermarket, could be a local bank, could be a, um, um, a, an insurance office um, or a place where people go to send money to foreign countries. Um, and they already exist. And those customers are used to that you know, face-to-face interaction. But what we're seeing now is obviously with, you know, stay at home orders is that, you know, people are are not leaving their homes and they're not going to those face to face locations. And so this is an opportunity for Auda to make a shift in those relationships to be all digital um, with us and, and, and to make sure that we're changing the nature of the conversation, that customers understand that we're putting them first and their you know, challenges that they're facing and that we're leading with our heart and compassion. Um, that's what Out is about. So a few of the things we've done are, you know, we deal with folks that are really on the front lines of losing their jobs right now that are, that are experiencing yeah. the pain of this pandemic. And we have given them, uh, we believed in them. We said, hey, we believe in you. What others haven't, we're gonna give you a loan. Uh, helps you build credit. Um, and at the same time, they really care about, you know, we, we always say that our community may not have formal collateral, but they have moral collateral. And so right. they, you know, they really want to pay back. Um, and, but, you know, they may, they may have lost their job due to the pandemic. And so we, re- we sent a message out to all customers and just told people, listen, we're there for you. We're praying for you and your family. Call us. We'll, we'll, we'll allow you to skip a payment. And so we had, you know, an influx of lots of phone calls and, and people were really happy that we helped them and so right. giving people, That's um, awesome. you know, payment deferrals. And the latest thing we're working on is, you know, it's kind of a, it's a balance balancing act because we want people to also, you know, stay in touch with us during this period. And so for a while we said, okay, we'll let you skip a payment. We're here for you. We'll help you through this, but we're realizing this crisis is going to go on longer and so how can we have a more longer term solution for them? And so we asked people, okay, how long do you think it's going to you know, take for you to you know, get your feet back um, or get back on your feet and, and your job back? And, you know, no one really knows, but people feel like, you know, well, I need a few months. And so we right. said, listen, what if we just changed all of your payments? And instead of, you know, making, you know, your normal $80 payment, you know, every two weeks, why don't, what, what can you afford? What about $10? And so for us, one of the things we're working out, we're working on right now is kind of a campaign of, you know, um, pay what you can, you know, and just show us that you care, that you're, you have the willingness and we'll adjust, you know, your payments accordingly to work something, you know, work out something that works for you. And so that's been a big campaign for us is to get front and center with our customers to get ahead of any issues and to really show our compassion and help them. That's awesome. That's really awesome. It sounds like, um, you guys, you know, a lot of a lot of companies that no matter who you are, put the customer first. The customers at the center of everything. It sounds like you guys, obviously, at Oda, have adopted that. Um, did you used to do customer support uh, on your own before at the on the in the early days? Like, how did you how did you reach out to all your customers? How would you engage with them? So there's there's a lot of uh, phone calls. Um, you know, we, yeah. we we make every day, and that come in. But the most effective channel of communication with our customers is, is SMS. Oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's, a, that's definitely a, an emerging trend for sure. Exactly. Yeah, particularly for the customers we serve, I think the adoption of now 
evolution of smartphones, et cetera, but people are very comfortable with SMS. Um, and we're now trying to take that next shift into, okay, go from SMS to mobile web, you know, interaction. Yep. With us. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, you know, what it's interesting. We, we just started looking at data as to, um, people coming to our website and, and, you know, what kind of uh, devices they're using. And most folks internally had an opinion that, an assumption that probably most of our customers would be using Android devices, um, just thinking that those might be more affordable, but still provide really great options from a smartphone and capability. Um, we're seeing uh, slightly more than half of customers have iPhones. Um, and I think it points, you know, points to the fact that our customers are just as interested in having, um, you know, the same devices that everyone else has, of course, yeah. um, you know, and, and that they see that as a, you know, as a example of their success as well. Um, and so we're finding that, yeah, we can make that step function change, but right now SMS has been the most effective mode of, of, of communication. I'm curious, um, you know, you have, you definitely have an entrepreneurial spirit to you and obviously a lot of compassion and, um, were there times early in your, you know, in your founding of Iota that you feel like, wow, I, I could have, I could have just given up or I could have taken a different path, but instead I just got up the next day and kept going forward. Uh, do you have a, a, a story about the early days at all? I probably have a lot more, I'd say in this crisis, like every yeah. day feels like that. Yeah. It's funny. I have two little girls and, um, I tell them, probably, you know, once a day or once every two days, uh, you know, and they get a little tired of it from their, their papa. But I say, you know, um, girls, what happens when you fall down? And then they're used to the response. We get right back up again, papa. And, and so, oh, that's that's so me, sweet. yeah, it means so much. Um, yeah. So starting early, you know, when we first, uh, launched, you know, this was a hypothesis we had that we didn't have to have storefronts that we could, leverage uh, the other um, companies that are out there. And so, you know, when you turn on the switch and you sell this dream to these partners, um, you know, at, at first, um, the very first partner we had um, who took a, a leap of faith on us, he gave us, okay, I'll let, I'll let you operate in just two of my locations. We'll see how it goes. This will be right. the concept. You know, when you're starting a company, your first partner like that is the whole thing, right? Because if right. it fails, no one else is going to, everyone wants to know, you know, how did it go with the first, you know, uh, partnership? Um, and so the, like, I, I think it was, a uh, they had two, uh, two stores in Richmond, California. And, um, the first 65 people who applied, uh, we declined all of them in a row. Uh, and, um, and so the partner called us and said, you know, I'm sorry. I just don't think, I don't think this is going to work, you know, and, oh, man. and we realized, you know, there was a glitch in our system that, that we needed to fix. And so we found the bug, we fixed it and then we started over. But that was a moment for us of where we all held our breath to say, a moment yeah, of truth, fall. right? Uh, moment of truth. And, and, uh, and it, we felt like this whole thing might, you know, fall down. And I think I'd say just to all other founders, I'm sure, you know, this Elena too, it's always about just, you know, one day you're completely, you feel like giving up and the road looks like there's no more, you've tried everything and there's right. no clear path to going forward. It's like, you know, you, you feel it in your heart uh, and then all of a sudden you just sit on it and then something opens up 
and you yeah, yeah, yeah. Get back. Well, up. you got to take the advice you give your girls. You know, get right back up. Get right back up, uh, right back up again, uh, and, or find that path. You know, what do you think uh, has made you successful as a founder? If you were to say, like, look, if I wasn't A, B, and C, there's no way I would have the success I have. Um, what, what, what would those be? You know, I think it comes down to one thing, um, and this is this can be sometimes divisive. You know, which is um, I don't know if every founder is built like this, but I know I am, and um, sometimes it works really well for people, and sometimes it doesn't. But I just never accept no. You know, I, I never accept no for an answer. There's there's never not a way. There's always a way forward, and and even you know, it's difficult. I'd say a big challenge for me is. As you build a larger company, that founder and entrepreneurial instinct is constantly in class. I think sometimes clashing with the other side of where you want to build a larger company that's more scalable, has processes and systems, and your natural reaction is like, "Well, no. Like, why is someone saying no? We can't do that. Absolutely, we can do that. Let's break the rules." Right. You know? And so sometimes you find that you're breaking your own rules, you know, inside the company to do that. But I'd say that for me, that's just who I am, you know. Yeah, and, and, that's uh, awesome. It's it's a, it's a a twist on being resilient, you know. It's like you could get no the first time, but then you keep you keep pursuing it until you get the the yes answer. Being very resilient, always asking, well, why not? You know. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? There's got to be a way. There's got to be a way. That's good advice. I need to take some of that advice uh, myself and share it with my team too. Uh, so what advice uh, do you have for other founders uh, who are embarking on starting their companies? Obviously now is an awkward time, but uh, still there's a lot of companies being founded every day. Um, what advice do you have for them besides never say no? Uh, anything you would tell them in the first 90 days, 180 days as they're embarking on their new journey? Yeah, I would start by even, uh, you know, day minus 120 of making sure the business you're choosing to start, um, that you have an authentic connection to your from your value system to that business. You know, because if you feel that connection to that, to the business and the mission, um, and it's genuine, and it's authentic, you're going to, that's what's going to carry you through those hard times. You know, I think being a founder is really just about one thing. It's about doing, you know, there's no, there's really no other magic formula. You just get up every day and you just take the next step forward. Um, and as long as you put one foot in front of the other and you continue to just uh, focus on execution and action, uh, making a decision and moving forward. Um, but what carries you through those tough times is, is if you really, care about that business and that mission. And it's not just uh, an exercise to be a founder. It's not just a business that, you know, you have an interest in because, you know, it can solve other needs you have. It's got to be something that's, you know, speaks to your core. You know, that, that would be, I think, the, you know, for me, the, the best advice to give to, to, uh, to new founders. Yeah, that sounds uh, actually that's even relevant when you're when when you're not a founder, you know, you've got to have the value, you got to believe and have values uh, tied to where you're working. But uh, that's such great advice. So just to close out, what's next for Auda? Uh What's next for Auda is new products. Um, and so we've we've uh, we've always wanted, you know, this mission we have of, of telling our customers, we see you. We don't we're not focused on kind of where you are now. We see where you can be in the future. We want to help you get there. 
that's, that vision is predicated on us doing more than just one product. And so we've been kind of a one product company for a while because, you know, offering uh, this product is not offered elsewhere. So it brings people to us. We capture a lot of data in the underwriting process. But the, the, the purpose that we want to serve needs to extend into other products. And so we're going to be launching... Uh, we're going to be launching our own bank account debit card product for our customers. It'll allow them uh, to manage their, you know, their money and and to save. Uh, we're gonna we have a, a suite of uh, financial education tools today. We're only offering them to uh, our customers, but we also have a lot of people that we have to say no to, and we've we realized like we should be giving this benefit to everybody, especially the people we say no to. They should know where they stand. They should know what their debt to income ratio is. They should know what's in their credit file. Um, and let's give them that transparency. So we're going to be launching that. Um, and then I think in the future, particularly, you know, what's come up for me is with COVID. Um, sadly, you know, when you look at the, you know, a lot of black and brown communities, I think especially have been hit pretty hard uh, with with mortality, you know, with, with this disease uh, and pandemic is, you know, I think people are realizing, could realize the value of, uh, of life insurance and that that can be an asset. Um, and so I think we're going to take a hard look at also, can Auda be also offering kind of a form of micro, uh, life insurance to folks. Um, and just because you're making 34,000 a year of income, which is our average customer, that doesn't mean that, you know, you don't have the same need as someone who's making a lot more in terms of providing for your family. If, if some unexpected event happens. And so I think we want to give people that peace of mind and help them build that security. Um, and so those, those are the things that will be coming next. What a great conversation. I would love to keep hearing more about Aura's business. What did you think? If you like, don't forget to rate us on your podcast platform of choice. Maybe you share this episode with a friend. Keep us posted. We will love your feedback. I love how mission-driven James is. It's impressive to hear more of his journey. It's also exciting to see how Aura had to check their own assumptions and biases when choosing what channels to make available for their customers. You know that part when they assume that most of their users did not have an iPhone because of its cost? Turns out that wasn't true, right? And I really like how James and the team took that in. Exactly. James is an inspiration, and we all need to use data to prove our assumption or remove our bias. We need more leaders like him to drive more empathy and solve real people's problems. If you liked today's episode, next week, tune in to listen to Derek Anderson, founder of Startup Grind and Bavi. Oh, and by the way, when Pedro and I are not recording this podcast, we're part of Zendesk for Startups. If you're a startup, go to www.zendesk.com backslash startups and sign up to join our program. Qualified companies get six months free of Zendesk support, sales engagement software. We will provide tailored resources to get you up and running quickly. They also can connect you with an exclusive community of leaders and partners, changing the landscape of customer experience. But for today, that's what we have for you. So see you all next week. Stay hungry. Stay hungry.